were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. other ghosts and with me as always is my lovely and wonderful sidekick co-host not that <laughs> be bethany yay hi guys yay hi so um we are gonna jam a lot into these final two all the other ghost podcasts um this one is gonna be chapters 23 24 25 and 26 and then the next one will be till the end of the fic and then we will have reached the conclusion um <laughs> uh, so previously on All the Other Ghosts, as you know, um, the plot is finally getting into gear where they're kind of, um, you know, Blaine got shot and then he got better and then Kurt got walloped by Karofsky and mm-hmm. he ended up in the hospital bed, but then he went to go talk to Karofsky and now he's in the just kind of out of it in the hospital bed. Um, and this is kind of where... Things are going to come to a head and they're going to kind of just, you know, nonstop until the end. Until we kind of wrap it up. And and the main plot kind of comes out with this whole idea that there are people out there making superheroes. And Kurt and Blaine have to stop that. Mm-hmm. So, that's where we're at. Cool. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. So, we're into chapter 23 where um, Kurt's back in his hospital bed. And Rachel's, you know, there being concerned, and his dad's concerned. And, being Rachel, um, yeah, Rachel's being Rachel. Though I feel like she's at least sincere. In oh yes, I think I this Rachel's. Think... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no. you. Go ahead. I just was gonna say I 
you can kind of tell, especially on the show, when Rachel's in show mode and when she's in genuinely concerned mode. And with Kurt, it's usually genuinely concerned and he can almost always be like, really? And like, get her out of show mode. I think she's genuinely concerned here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And he really wants Blaine, but Blaine has gone home because Blaine, God, Blaine and... and, uh, their codependency sometimes. Um, it's finally yeah. went home in the last chapter, and he just—I think he's been asleep for like days now at this point. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's not there, and and it's interesting that Kurt wants him there, um, but he's not there. No. Blaine does finally return to the hospital room because you can't take these get these two part apart from Correct. the time. Um, he's he's joyous and needy return. Um, and again, this goes back to a lot of the stuff we've talked about the other podcasts, where it's funny what age and what experience and just what time does, because I think, you know, upon first reading and being younger and whatever, with that, like, need for the, oh, that person is the person I love, and I just need them in my life, and I did, you know, and you just, you know, cling to that. And now I'm like, okay, like, it, it doesn't need to be so needy in response. Right. It, it feels yeah. kind of like it. So and there does feel like there's an element of codependency and, you know, I struggle with that sometimes because it's like, well, you know, two people in a relationship do, they have codependent, almost every relationship is going to have codependent tendencies because mm-hmm. it's two people, it's only the, the, those are the only two people in the world that understand what's going on in their relationship. Like you mm-hmm. can tell other people what's going on, but that doesn't mean they're going to understand. Right. So they're always is going to be an element of codependency but like like you said with age and with kind of life experience you're like well but I don't know if you really should be romanticizing it right and I think there's also the difference of and I will let this kind of pass as in you know when even if you have a crush or even if it's unrequited when you're younger everything is so much more intense Mm -hmm. and everything is so much more um you know, I need, I have this, I love this desperate. person and I'm passionate and desperate and yeah. And then when you, I feel like it's when you get older, you aren't as intense about your mm-hmm. emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that's part, I mean, even like it's actually been scientifically tr- proven that teenagers are just more intention mm-hmm. emotional people, um, mm-hmm. because they're not fully developed. Correct. Um, I use that term loosely because somebody might be yelling on the other side, I'm fine. And they're a teenager, but it's, it's a real thing. It is a real thing. And your brain is still growing. Your body Mm -hmm. is still growing. Your, your personalities are still developing just because you know who you, that's not to say you don't know who you are. Your feelings aren't valid, but they are going, they're still changing and they're not going to be the same from one part of your life to the next it doesn't make them any less valid it just means that they're still evolving and changing well and it's so funny because i finally i was thinking about this the other day where i finally have gotten to the point where i'm old enough now that i can say these kids these days and Uh it's weird because you you i finally feel like i've just crossed over that threshold it's weird, but there is this understanding of, oh, and you just don't know. I mean, like, we can tell you about it if you're young right now and listening and everything. And we can tell you about it all you want, but you won't experience it until you get older. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyway. Um, but Bert's, uh, sorry, Blaine's there. Bert's still 
so gruff and not Bert like here. And yeah. they do, there is a whole little thing with Bert and Blaine bonding over Kurt's idiosyncrasies, which is, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it almost feels a little too, little too late, but it's neither here nor there. I also there. feel like it's a little too, gosh, what's the word for it? <sighs> yeah. Just, I don't know. It's not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I, I like when it's done in can- It's not even done really in canon. But, like, you know, like I'm thinking of Glee, actually, when Blaine mm-hmm. and Bert actually have things in common because there's certain parts of their personality that they're closer like than, like, Kurt and Blaine or Kurt and Bert, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes out of a natural type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels more like a, I don't know. Like what it is, eh, that's fine. Um, <laughs> and also, Blaine, his sheer inadequacy, or his inadequacy of the sheer wonder that is Kurt, and it's a bit much, and it's always a bit mm-hmm. much. And I, I, I don't like. I, I whatever. We know how I feel about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is kind of some fun with Kurt, you know being confined into his hospital bed we get tina and mike visiting and tina um i said in my notes having her own way of saying thank you for everything but i don't remember what it was specifically that she did um and (laughs) mike talking about how it's going to take so long to recover and um kurt how do i put this Bert is still like an ever watchful dog and watch mm-hmm. guard and stuff like that. And Kurt says, um, this is probably what his dad wanted that him not to be going out doing things. And Bert's like, well, no, that's obviously not what I wanted. I didn't want you to be hurt. Um, mm-hmm. so there's that. He, he finally gets coffee, Kurt without coffee. That is a funny little thread. I do like that when Kurt gets mm-hmm. coffee. Yeah. And, you know, um, okay, so the most ridiculous part, though, I mean, not that he would be fired, but Kurt's boss comes, and they don't fire him, clearly. Um, of they course they don't. I, I mean, but it's like, it's also like, of course we're not going to fire you. You're the most wonderful human being to ever grace this planet. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my I god. can't. I can't do with gratuitous. I have a hard time with gratuitous um uh, a praise complimenting yeah. yeah and i don't know why what it comes from i don't know if i just have some serious issues i'm sure i do but i'm like anytime somebody is like hyperbolic and just how wonderful and amazing this soul person is and you can't like live your life without having this other person in your life uh-huh. i just can't with it so yeah i don't like it either i'll that's be honest just me. that just is me maybe that's just the evil cynic in myself but um <laughs> yeah so anyway, he's not fired, which is good. No, um, very good. Blaine returns. He's still guilty about the whole thing because, you know, Blaine will feel guilty about anything in this fic. Um, and <laughs> fills Kurt in on what he missed and what he doesn't remember. And then Kurt gets a moment of feeling grateful for Blaine in his life. And at least we get that. I will say, because yeah. I know one criticism in canon, and I don't even fully... I've been through canon meta enough that I don't fully agree uh-huh. that the criticism is that Kurt doesn't show that he loves Blaine enough in um, in canon. And this kind of always makes up for it. Because Kurt is just as 
awe-inspired by Blaine's every move. So, so here's here's what I will say about that. And I've said that this on other podcasts, and I probably said it on this podcast too, and whatever. Kurt loves Blaine the exact way that Blaine needs him to. Yes. Blaine does not complain about how Kurt doesn't touch him, doesn't complain about how Kurt doesn't love him the way he needs to. If anything, he complains that he, when Kurt is feeling whatever and then pulls away. So it really bugs me. This is a probably a different conversation for a different podcast, but <laughs> it bugs me when people are like that because when people say things like that, because Blaine is the only one that gets to make those statements and mm-hmm. he doesn't. Kurt loves Blaine in the way Blaine needs him to. The end. It's kind of funny because I was having this conversation on one of the Blaine podcasts and in somebody there was very, you know, passionate about, you know, wanting to see more from Kurt. And I said, do you think that Blaine needs that or do you need that? Because that is how you reciprocate, you know, how you interpret and sorry, I just got really gassy for a second. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, does Blaine need that or do you need that? And they had to take a step back and they're like, well, you know, they're like, it's probably me. And they were very sweet and understanding. We had a good actual conversation about it, but like, um, yeah, it's like we input ourselves in mm-hmm. these fictions and a part of the reason why fiction works so much is that you do like you, um, you start to feel the emotions that these characters are emotion, you know, and you relate to these characters or specific characters because you feel a connection to them. And so right. when the character in question is not receiving the kind of whatever emotional support or emotional feedback or Correct. whatever exactly. that you feel that you need, it can feel jarring. Correct. Even when the right, you know, and a good writer will make it feel, I mean, I can't, I obviously we've had lots of conversations on whether Glee is well-written or not, <laughs> um, right. but I, you know, in a good piece of work, it will feel a little bit more organic than Glee is. I will give it that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when actors are acting, sometimes I will say you could be a little stronger in the connection you give the other actor. Um, But, yeah, but uh, sometimes you have to look at a story and take yourself out of it to try and understand. And even in real life, I mean, that's why when you're talking to a friend and you're like, how dare you with that? You know, you should blah, 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 blah. And you're like, well, no, it's not, you know, an issue with me. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at. Correct. <laughs> I wonder. I hope people, you listening out there, that are making sense of my ramblings because sometimes <laughs> I feel like I just go on and am I making any sense? And who knows? So, um, the other note I have on here is um, that time saves everyone if they wait long enough, and that is not something that I necessarily agree with. I think time can solve a lot of things. I think distance Mm -hmm. and being able to heal can very much save things. Um, But I don't think it can save everyone. I don't think, I I just don't think that. So yeah, just needing to throw that out there. Okay. Do you want to expand on that a little more? Are you kind of good with leaving it there? Well, I, (laughs) I mean, I can't remember the context that it was in the fic, so I feel a little bad. But (laughs) I, 
it, and I think it has to do with, you know, not only saving Kurt, um, because Kurt feels like Blaine saved him, or Blaine feels like he saved Kurt, or whatever, you know, they both feel like they saved each other, but also Krofsky, who uh, eventually kind of gets saved-ish. Um, and I think that sometimes waiting for things to just work out without putting any mm-hmm. kind of work into it is a romanticized idea. Um, yeah. That's, that's fair. My, I don't know. That's like not much expanded, just, but. If, you, if you're just good and sit and wait patiently, good things will come to you. Right. Or yeah. even, you know, you know, this person's a bad person, but, you know, just give them time to work it out. Oh. They'll get saved. And it's like, no, they won't. Right. That's just not how the world works. So that's right. But I probably have been watching too many things on serial killers lately. And that just is, (laughs) (laughs) we will, that's another topic for another day. Anyway, they scare me and I'm frightened now. Um, (laughs) So then Blaine, Blaine still has not been out superhero in since Kurt left the hospital. Um, We get into a bit of this. The first night he had to deal with all this stuff and he was, I mean, he shouldn't have, he just needs to, he needs to rest. They need to rest. They're, they're just, they need to rest. Um, the second night, he had to spend the whole time convincing Cooper to let Kurt stay with him. Uh, I don't remember why they wanted him, Kurt, in Blaine's place instead of his own. I don't, well, I there was there a was reason. Nobody there to watch him. Yeah, that's that's probably what it was. Um, and then I, I mean. <sighs> I can understand Blaine being like, this is, it's a traumatic experience. What happened? I mean, your partner is brutally injured. Mm-hmm. You know, you're exhausted yourself. You've got all of these new responsibilities and it can be hard to pick yourself up again. Right. But that's not the reason Blaine is not going out. The reason Blaine is struggling with heading out is that he's thinking of his own rage and what he would do if Kurt wasn't there to hold him back. And he's worried that his own emotions would take over and he would do some actual physical damage to to somebody. Yep. (sighs) That's a thing. That's That's a thing. thing. That's in this fic. Uh, I feel like we're just rehashing old conversations, but I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I just don't no. see it. It's not Blaine. I don't even think it's Blaine that 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 it, it, Blaine anyway. is a caretaker. He is not a revenge seeker. Yeah. He is a he is a very much time will work things out for those people that's who he is to me anyway it's like he is going to make sure that Kurt is okay and he's going to have anger but it's going to manifest itself in what he can do to make Kurt feel better it's also or make inward. himself feel yes yeah. you will I, gosh not to trivialize this at all but Blaine is going to be self-harm and I can see him trying physical self-harm before he would try physically harming somebody else. Yes. And I don't say that lightly. I say that as somebody who has had experience with that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, with people that are very, very close to me. And so, like I said, I'm not trivializing anything, but 
Kurt is actually, like I said, sometimes their personalities feel switched because yeah. Kurt is the one that would lash out and hurt Correct. somebody. Yes, very much um, so. You know, uh, and, and, and so, for example, at the end of the chapter, Kurt's finally out of the hospital and back in Blaine's apartment and he feels guilty because he's taking up all the bed and Blaine's on the freaking floor. Well, uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, and that's just not, Kurt is, you know, Kurt, as in canon, and I say this as not a criticism, is an innately selfish person. Yes. He probably wouldn't even notice that he was taking up most of the bed until Blaine would be like, yo. And then once, you know, somebody told him it, it would be, you know, he would try to rectify that. But Kurt kind of puts himself as, and somebody who like survived all of this stuff as a defense mechanism puts himself first. So I also think that I don't, I don't necessarily agree that Kurt wouldn't notice that Blaine was on the floor, but I don't think he'd feel guilty about it. I think he'd be like, well, let's get an air mattress. There's no reason why you have to sleep on the hard floor. You know what I mean? Like he's very much a problem fixer. Exactly. Like he's practical too. Yeah. Yes. He's very practical. Like he wouldn't be like, like, okay, you don't need to be on the floor. Let's take care of this. So you're not uncomfortable too. Right. Or let's make a pallet on the floor out of the couch cushions or like, he's not going to feel guilty that he's taking up the bed, but he's not going to just feel guilty that Blaine's on the floor either. He's gonna be like, well, if you can't help yourself, then I have no way to help you. Yep. You know exactly. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. 100% exactly that. Um, He's also concerned that he knows that Blaine is not going out at night. And that becomes a thing. That manifests. Um, You know, what did I write? He's worried about Blaine not going out manifests into worry for Kurt because Blaine won't won't talk to him. And he can Mm -hmm. take a lot of things, but he can't take he and Blaine being on rocky terrain. Um, And then they continue to... Now, there's an interesting plot point there. Um... It kind of like this whole this. I mean, like this is a this is straight out of like a dance with somebody type. I was literally just gonna say that. Yeah, literally just dance with somebody where it's like, oh, everything's fine. We're fine. We don't have this big imminent thing that we're just not talking about. Exactly. Well, and this is one time I will give her credit. Like this is the this is kind of how Kurt and Blaine do canonic. Canonically, 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 yeah, work in that, um, you know, Blaine goes inward. He doesn't discuss his feelings or how he's, you know, he wants to be the stoic hero, and so he withdraws and he gets emotionally distant, therefore getting physically distant as well. So Kurt starts to worry and starts to, you know, like the the difference is is that. Kurt would then start to act out. Mm-hmm. He would like fight back at Blaine. Like he's going to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a different dynamic. I it is. Like. And it's another thing. Like it, it, this is a lot, a lot of this minor stuff. I, I wouldn't call it minor, but a lot of this under the surface, like conflict that goes on in all the other ghosts is exploited and, to a false <laughs> in gray. Um, uh-huh. So, so anyway, that's chapter 23. Yay. Uh, <laughs> yay. So chapter 24 is, is just all of this is just continuation to the end. So mm-hmm. um, this is, you know, fandom comes back. They were missing for a, a while and this is kind of how they're not dealing with um, 
you know, and the, again, you know, fandom is always the best part where she gets the meta right about this. Like, what if yes. they're on their honeymoon? What if they're having babies? What if they're, you know, <sighs> like, yeah. And you're like, okay. I mean, some people are like, what if they died? But like, yeah. 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 I agree. Fandom, the fandom parts are the best parts, I think. they The parts that really work the best. They're mm-hmm. very interesting. They're funny, usually. They're very they're spot on. Yes, they're very reminiscent of actual fandom conversations that we've all had. Yeah. She gets it. She really does. And Ghost leads concern for Draxie because Draxie is not there. And that's mm-hmm. a fascinating thing, too, because I think we've all had people in our fandom 10 years that mm-hmm. disappear and you you kind mm-hmm. of are like are you okay what's going on and there's some people that are like fade away and, you, and you're like okay i'm sad they're not like in a fandom with me anymore or whatever and you lose touch and they delete their blogs but there are other people if it's like they're not posting and they're done you're like where are they are they okay right. concerned so moving on we've got more bert being overproductive that's kind of standard um Kurt explaining that he needs to go back out there and he isn't afraid of the worst again because Karofsky has been dealt with and explains how... Okay, so this goes back to kind of the conversation we talked about when Karofsky came back that Kurt has now faced his worst fear, which was like the the fear of Karofsky coming back again. And we talked about it before, like how sometimes your worst fears are are over-exemplified and Uh how... When you actually face them, they're not as bad as you may think they are. So, um, and he also explains that Karofsky needs rescuing as well. And I mean, I get that. I think in a way, (sighs) I do understand that a lot of, you know, you should try to save people. That's the good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... There's a part of me that can see Kurt doing that, being that way, and thinking like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about On My Way. Um, yeah, I, I'm getting so much more, even more than season two. I get a lot of season three vibes um, through some of this stuff. I'm like, she definitely, I feel like she probably, I shouldn't make, I should never make assumptions about the author, but I'm going to. Um, I, I'm guessing that she watched a lot of the show through the prism of the Kurt and Blaine edits and uh-huh. definitely rewatched certain things way more often to be inspiration and kind of just took what she wanted and ignored the rest of it, which is fine. Yeah. You can do that. It's fan fiction. You can do whatever you want. So. You can do whatever you want. So. Um, and Bert, you know, kind of it comes into acceptance here and he's like, well, you know, you don't, I don't want you to quit, but I do want you home more. And of course it's an, you know, father son bonding moment that yeah, of course doesn't hold as much weight with me, but you know, <laughs> whatever it's there, <laughs> whatever. I'm so horrible. I'm so sorry. You wonderful people who are yeah. like started this whole journey with <laughs> us going, we're going to love this fic and it's going to be amazing. And space orphan and Bethany, are going to like pick it apart and we're going to have fun with it. And now they're like, good Lord, they're just so horrible. <laughs> to listen to you. And I can't stand it anymore. So I'm jaded. What is wrong with I you? Know. People? I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry for your experiences. Hopefully you're getting some interesting thinky pieces and you know, yeah. as long as you're nice, don't, you don't know, just, but anyway, so um, so, you know, Bert goes back to Ohio, 
and mm-hmm. you know he's in Blaine, she's he is in Blaine's place, and Cooper's not around, and he's alone for the first time, and he kind of it like his worries about Blaine and not going out um, start to manifest, and what does Blaine want? And he can't. He starts to think about like if they broke up, could he piece himself together again? You know, if he couldn't. You know, if he didn't have Blaine in his life, he'd shatter into a million pieces again. <laughs> right. This is so YA. Anyway. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm glad you dis- that now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I am so in almost middle age, aren't I? Okay. I gotta just make my peace with that. Um. He can't choose Blaine, but he can't choose the girl. I mean, and this is typical superhero stuff that's happened a zillion times. Um, I mean, he, you know, I can't just have B. I can't, or I just can't, or I can't. God, can I edit that out? <laughs> I I can either be the ghost or I can hear that Blaine, but I, you know, they have to be together. I can't choose either one. And that makes sense. I mean, that's, like I said, right. it's a superhero. I like every singular superhero has kind of had that whole thing where if they're not dating a, another superhero then mm-hmm. like you know um then he has this whole fear of like if what if Blaine met somebody else you know would he be able to uh, yeah would they be you know functional if they didn't have each other in their lives and this is you know what I'm gonna throw this out here this is why the actual breakups in canon I'm fine with because uh-huh. because they gave both Blaine and Kurt a chance to see what life was like without each other in it, and they were fine. Right, and it kind of it's part of growing up, part of you know getting your heart broken and piecing it back together, and learning that you know you don't need to be your whole world does not should not and does not revolve around somebody else, right. and. Yeah, especially Blaine. Blaine nearly needed to, to learn that. Um, there is some interesting thought here in the whole, because we talked a lot about at the beginning how Kurt was, you know, just a fractured person and didn't really exist, mm-hmm. on a, you know. And it's, a, I do, one thing, one part of the arc that I do think when it's not being overly dramatic YA is, yeah, like now that I've had this thing, now that I've had this love in my life, now I, that I've seen what life is like, if you take that away from me, like, I was almost better being ignorant in that time period than I could just, you know, uh, whatever. But now that you've, I've had this and you've taken it away, can mm-hmm. I function? And that is a real thing. That is a true, like, it is a harder thing to, you know, to have that ripped away from you. Right. Then, yeah. So I, there's that old saying that's like, it says like, it's better to live in loss than never love at all. Well, if you've never loved at all, you don't understand what you're missing and therefore it may not be. So whatever. Um, but also he's also nervous talking to Blaine about it because that is a, that is a scarier thing to be like, you know, are you really not going and doing this because, um, uh, you know, I have to talk to you about a serious thing that might end in a bad way. I understand having anxiety about that kind of stuff. Right. So I don't know, Bethany, what are your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
kind of like it feels so bad. I'm just like I just agree. I, like I agree. Like it's so. I feel bad that I don't have more to add to this like little thing, but it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you should be. You're so uh, horrible. I'm I kidding. Know, I'm awful. Beyond record saying that I love that Bethany listens to me ramble. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You've been sick. It's all right. I know. I'm sorry. I really am. Like, um, I no. do agree with you, though. Like, I really do. And you know, sometimes there's just not more to say. Like, yeah, you're right. I know. That's there's it. just. I'm just like. <laughs> I agree. Yep. You know what I mean. <laughs> I do. I just want to make sure if you have like another thing to add. No. To. Plus, I, mean, I needed I like five seconds to read the big long paragraph that it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really my whole scheme. No. Okay. Oh, um, so I just I love my notes on this. So the next portion. Not gonna lie, I'm not sure whose head we're in at the beginning of this. It starts off as Blaine's point of view after he comes home, but then it's in Kurt's head space about how he climbed back from the darkness and fought his own ghosts and found his strength and love, and then it's back in Blaine's point of view. And I I'm wondering if that she was just in a hurry writing this because this gets really sloppy, and if you aren't really diligent about paying attention sentence by sentence. It can get very confusing. Right. Um, so that's why editors are a good thing. Even if you're fanfic writers, grab your good friend. And maybe sometimes don't even grab a friend. Just be like, you, you can write. Read this. Make sure it makes sense. Right. Um, but, you know, it's fan fiction. Nobody's paying you. You're doing it for fun. So Right. Um, and there's some interesting stuff here about how... It's kind of this full circle thing that Kurt did climb out of the darkness and fought his own ghosts. And, you know, found strength and love because that's what every superhero story is about. So, um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, and Kurt does, you know, ask Blaine if he wants to quit. And he understands if it's yes. But it's hard because Kurt's never going to be able to stop being a superhero. And Yeah, exactly. Blaine explains that he's afraid of what he is when Kurt's not around, and that's why he hasn't been out. And Kurt assures him that he protects people and doesn't hurt them, hence the shields. Mm-hmm. Um, and Blaine isn't so sure, but Kurt prom- <sighs> Oh my god, this- <laughs> there's a lot going on here. It's it's a well, lot. I remember having to read this a couple of times. We did my, for the next line because this is why you guys. This is why you don't analyze fan fiction because this next sentence, okay? <laughs> Kurt makes him promise never to kill anyone. Oh my god. <laughs> Kurt makes Blaine promise not to kill people. <laughs> Kurt that's what stops Blaine from killing Blaine people. Promise not to kill people. We shouldn't oh be laughing. No, we shouldn't. But we are. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh my goodness. And this isn't... I mean, like, let's not take this... This is not... Not laughing at Rain Joy. No. Um, I'm not... I'm just... <sighs> fan fiction is a way to express yourself and the feelings that you're feeling for a specific thing... And is not meant to be held under the microscope of academia. Um, and it's really, it, it just, 
in context, all of this makes sense. All of everything leading up to Kurt and Blaine having this conversation makes absolute sense and why these characters would be here. But out of context, when you just have to read the sentence that Kurt makes Blaine promise not to kill anybody, here we are. I mean, this is the moment. I'm like, okay. Not ever going to do this again. (laughs) Right. Uh, Oh, my goodness. If if my yeah, so let's just let's just get through it. Okay, let's do it. Uh, you guys know how I feel about this. Anyway, um, Blaine considers and goes through a similar process as the court scene before. If he quits, then he'll be done, and it just won't work. And he promises mm-hmm. that he will be okay, um, and he'll be okay for Kurt, and assumes assures Kurt as much. And Kurt tells Blaine that he saved his life, and Blaine just gets that it wasn't during. Just wasn't during that one heist from a while ago that it was Blaine that actually saved his life and that there is some comfort in that. And that Blaine does Mm -hmm. have some comfort in that. Um, It's just like all of the 24 is like, you know what it is though? 24 is this big emotional climax for these characters Uh because the rest of the book or less of the fic, it's going to be just like this action nonstop to the end. So they're getting the main. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm basically just agreeing with you again. <laughs> Sorry. This is the main, like, super in-depth feelings. This is where it's all the feelings. Because we're going to do all the fightings. We need to do all the feelings right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is... This is... I'm trying to think of... Oh, this is the scene in Endgame where... Um, Black Widow and Hawkeye are on the thing, and she com- she ends her own life to sacrifice, you know, but it's a big emotional moment. And it's all uh-huh. of this, you know, and this is all of the emotion of that stuff right before they have the big giant fight and they fight Thanos at the end. It's all this cool action sequence stuff. Yeah. That's what this is. Yes. Yeah, I just went there. I could have picked a better superhero movie, but I'm a little tired tonight, so... Um, <laughs> Anyway, I mean, not that I don't live in game, and game is like my favorite, but a better example. Anyway, let's finish chapter 24. Um, chapter 24. Which comes full circle, talking about fan- fandom again. And Falix goes out on his feet. See, this is the, the whole whole point of this chapter is like, is he ever going to do this again? And then, yes, he is going to go do this again. And he gets out on his feet, and Blaine gets the strength to do it again because he's going to need it because then everything that happens after the interlude is all of the ending stuff so right. um and fandom is relieved as you know they're still worried about ghosts but phalanx being back back is is a it's a good thing and then ghostly and oh sorry we're gonna say something no i was just okay. listening ghostly and black binding staging an intervention with draxy draxy needing kind of some outlet finally caves and tells them about that one night and i will say I understand that you have promised the superhero of your dreams never to reveal what has happened, but you cannot, no man is an island, and it's a famous quote from something. You can't bear those burdens on your own. You have to have a reliable network. You have to be able to unload to someone. You have to. Yeah. Or they'll eat you. The secrets will eat you. Correct. Exactly. Cool. All right. So then we get our interlude, which is the last little break before coming up on the end, even though we're going to split the end into a few parts. Um, mm-hmm. And 
It's a flashback from Mike's point of view and the ghost coming to him after that fire that she's, you know, flashbacked. Um, they treat him the best they can while being shot. He's put himself through. It's not until later that Mike figures out what has happened to him and then how they do the best for him while not asking many questions and giving him the best medical situ- uh, attention that they can. And Ghost just takes off without a word, but he shows up after three months later. And it's mostly to show how far the ghost has come since his early days as a superhero. Mm-hmm. I always skip the interludes. <laughs> you do. I, I will sometimes read this one, um, but I I almost always do. I but that's true of just about every fic that I've ever read. I don't love interludes. Or yeah, it's even in published fiction. I, I feel like if you're spending, like if you're gonna do a flashback, it needs to be. Something that is well revealed about mm-hmm. the characters that we don't already know. And I feel like the little glimpses, it's fine. It does what it needs to. It's a way, It's you know, it, you know what? I'm going to say this. It does exactly what fan fiction does. And that it gives you a little piece of the puzzle that maybe not explored in the regular, you know, in the regular canon. Mm-hmm. And this feels like a fanfic of the stuff that is already in, in there because it's saying, okay, this is not part of the story. This is another person's point of view. And this is just, or, you know, another piece of the puzzle. And it, it's not a bad thing. It's not at all. I just, I find it boring. That's just me. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I personally don't. They're fine. They're, they're all three of them are well-written. They all yeah. accomplish the things that they want to, but at the, at the same time, they are a little redundant. Um, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. So that's why I just don't have a lot to say about it. Um, okay. 25. We're here. 25. 25. Okay. Now, at least gets to be, after the big emotional, like, flush, it, I think it becomes a little bit more fun again. Mm-hmm. Yes. It doesn't stay dark and gritty the way Gray is going to. Um, and, uh, Blade notices that Kurt is usually stir-crazy because we are, like, in 90s. Uh, New York City or something because or just life because he doesn't like get on the internet and he doesn't what what do you do Uh with your life like he just watches television and you know puts up his crazy serial killer board (laughs) but I think that's in his own apartment but anyway um, I wish I had I don't have it I don't want to get up and look because I'm like page 460 the things that Kurt does to keep himself occupied there's a whole list of things that Kurt does to keep himself occupied nothing that what, was this five years ago now it's written for five six yeah. it's so funny because yeah, I feel like, like there's a lot of things that he could be doing but he doesn't but mm-hmm. I don't know I've also been in I've, you know Left not left my house for like an entire week and I'm fine, um, but I'm weird. So <laughs> I do like I always feel like that, but like when I'm on day two, I have to get out. I have to go for a walk. Yeah. I have to do something because I can't look at the same five walls anymore. That's true. I mean, and like I do go for walks, or I'll go to the store, or I'll go. You know, there's things right. to do, and I can't like literally leave. But um, okay. it's just I've never funny. been like on quote unquote bed rest before, like where I literally could not leave. Yeah, exactly. Um, they mentioned Mercedes being a pop star. Mm-hmm. Um, they also mentioned that Kurt <laughs> is in love with the wire. And the funny thing about this, this cracks me up. Uh, I don't know the wire. Is it I a Kurt know. show? 
Is I've it never something heard that Kurt, of it. I mean, I've uh, heard of it, but I've never watched it. Yeah. Okay, okay chime in, Phantom, if all five of you that are probably listening. Um, <laughs> would Kurt watch The Wire? We don't know. It's a crime show. I just... I, I don't know. I, maybe Ghost Kurt, maybe because, you know, I, I kind of can see that. But at the same time, you know, they watch trashy reality TV and this is not trashy re- reality TV. So, right. Oh, or some like foreign film or some kind like you remember right, like Blaine's a- Criteria. He's like something made after 1989 and no foreign titles. Right. <laughs> All I all I ask is that it's in color, made after nineteen eighty nine and nineteen eighty nine and no foreign titles. And I'm just like and then I like in my brain flashes to that scene and I can't it's in season three, but I can't remember where Kurt goes because I'm obsessed with the artist. Yeah, Kurt is Kurt's watching old school black he's watching Catherine yes. Hepburn and Audrey Hepburn and old musicals and like he, he's watching He's watching Arsenic and Old Lace. He's watching Philadelphia Story. Like, that boy has got a repertoire, and it is endless. But in TV, though, I can see him owning all of Mary Tyler Moore. or Yes. Um, the Golden <laughs> Girls. The Golden Girls. Uh, the Wire, um, not so much. Maybe Blaine. Blaine seems more of the, you know. Yeah, anyway. but there's also a world where... He has to tell Blaine not to kill people. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna get in so much trouble. (laughs) Are we? Let's see what consequences happen. Okay. Um. So, um, and then uh, Kurt convinces Blaine to start sleeping in the bed with him because he is somewhat healed. And, um, yeah, sometimes it's nice to have somebody sleep next to you. So mm-hmm. other times it's really annoying and it's hot and you want to kick them and, you know, but whatever. Um, yes. Sometimes it's nice to have a bed to yourself. Sometimes my girlfriend falls asleep on the couch and I let her stay there because I want to sleep in the bed all alone. That is a thing that happens in my regular life. I sleep diagonally on beds. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I completely diagonally. So when, like, somebody's next to me, I'm like... You are in my space. And I don't know why I can't just sleep, like, normally, but whatever. Um, okay. I just like to, like, stretch my arms out. Like, I just, yeah. you know, I don't, I sleep, you know, whatever, up and not diagonally. But I like to have my arms stretched out. And when she's in the bed, she's in the way. And I can't stretch my arms out. <laughs> get in my way. Get in my way. Right. Get out of my way. <laughs> I love you. Move. <laughs> That's... Uh, Remember, like, in the old, like, Dick Bag Dyke like, show when they had two beds? That's not the worst yes. idea. No, it's not. I can understand it. You push them together for sexy times, you push them apart when you're ready to sleep. I get it. You don't even need to push them together for sexy time. Well, it depends on the sexy times you want to do. But. Right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh back to this okay so kurt's in his bath looking at his scars and it's kurt we once again i feel just it just at this point how many times have we said this it's kurt that wears the ghost scars yes at what point though do you, i mean kurt's got some split identity stuff going on here yes for sure um, because it's still him whatever um i'm trying to think if there is a superhero who's as split personality as Ghost and Kurt are. And I just don't... 
I mean, there's the, like the Batman, like, this is my life and you're not going to ever change me like this, but I don't know. Maybe um, Cyclops. Maybe. <laughs> not or... really, because Cyclops is Cyclops, no matter where he is. Um, right. Maybe like the, 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 I can't remember his name, in uh, Infinity, and not Infinity War, um, Endgame, where he like becomes so wrapped up. Uh, oh, why can't I think of his name? You just said it a few minutes ago. Um, Hawkeye. Yeah, where he like becomes. But so his superheroing didn't. That's that, like that's his. That's almost like Clint's scars are affecting yeah. Hawkeye. Okay. That's the other way around. Yeah, that's which fair. is kind of. Um, <sighs> trying to think. I mean, Spider Man a little bit. I mean, Spider Man definitely has the whole guilt thing all the time, where he like, oh my god, Mary Jane's gonna be mad. But, I mean, I just literally read a comic in 2019. The one that just came out was, crap, I have to do this thing. Mary Jane's going to be mad at me. And she wasn't. She was cool. She's fine. They yeah. have a good relationship now. But, I mean, like, you're like, come on, you guys. Like, it's right. 2019. Stop writing this. He's 30. Right. Um, but, um, but I, I don't know. I haven't read all the comics. So, anyway. Most of them are maladjusted anyway. They're crazy. That's the thing. She doesn't take the superhero stuff far enough. They get weird. They're such weirdos. Yeah. Okay. Really? <laughs> they really are. Well, I and there's. You. I mean, Tony Stark is a straight up narcissist. I mean, yes. Captain America is is in the. I'm talking comics here. I'm not talking these more nuanced characters in film. Like straight up like archetypes. Captain America is your like stoic, not really fun. I don't even know why people like. I didn't understand why people would pick up. So when Captain America came out, and I was like, "Really? They made a movie out of that guy? That just right?" <laughs> you know, you just you appreciate Chris Evans and what he brings to it, and like, right. oh my god, it's just, oh comics. Anyway, we're digressing. I'm digressing. You're being fine. Right. <laughs> um, oh, I digress. I digress. Kurt discusses that he wants to go home because he has not been home in ages. I would miss my house. Personally, yeah. Kurt would miss that his would house. Why have they not moved in together? I don't care if it's only been six months. Um, and Blaine gets antsy because he's going to miss Kurt with him all the time. You know, give yourself some space. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Be alone. It's okay. Don't be afraid of being alone. Okay. 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 Um, okay. Oh yeah, there's a sex scene here. Hey, it's sex scene. <laughs> I wonder why I wrote that it was funny because it's it's Kurt blowing Blaine while in the bathtub. Oh, it's probably because of the angles because like it's literally Kurt can't move in the bathtub and Blaine's angling himself. It's just like you getting much out of that Blaine. Seems like that would hurt a little bit, but you know, hey, what do I know? Um, and then Kurt asks about how he got to Mike and Tina's, and Blaine tells him about Draxy, which Kurt promptly freaks out because you know Kurt has issues with the full fandom thing, but also. He insists that he sees Draxie's blog, Draxie's blog because he now becomes obsessed. He wants to understand her and understand her psychology through a blog to make sure that she won't say anything. I remember I read this and I was like, God, I hope nobody tries to do that to me. Like, because mm. I'm just some random weirdo who just posts whatever strikes my fancy at the moment. No rhyme, no reason, no real tagging system. Here mm. it is. Well, and then it's, it's also... And I do think control is a Kurt thing, but you get to a point where you're just going to be like, you have to trust that it, it's going to be fine or you're going to go crazy. Kurt does go a little crazy, but um, 
you can't control every single action that everybody does. Right. And Blaine, like, Blaine's choices were I get help from this fandom person or you die. Like, mm-hmm. that was the only option. So, I'm on Blaine's side for this. So, yeah. anyway. Um, fandom, meanwhile, has continued on through the gross ghost, out, ghost drought. They've debated on what has happened to him. Would Phalanx be this happy? Would he be, tra- was he in training to take over? Was the ghost a 50-year-old man who retired and now, <laughs> like, you know, um, you know the, all the kind of things that happen when people go away for a while. Uh, and Ghost uh, continues to try to talk to um, Ghostly, not the ghost, tries to continue to talk directly out of her funk and with no avail. There's an interesting mention here of how she'd want to murder if something had happened to her in person, uh, ghostly, not Draxy, which makes me wonder if a murderous plane episodes are a reflection of the author. Uh, that's mm-hmm. all we're going to say about that. <laughs> Unless you have something okay. to say. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm good. That's, I, uh, A, you can never really judge a person, you know, through their writing. You can't. Don't do that. B, there's a certain thing called style, and you, no matter how hard you try, you can't get away from your style. And I feel like if it's your natural tendency to be, to even write in a, my characters get frustrated like this and whatever, then that's your style. So I mm-hmm. think that Blaine being murderous is part of her style. Mm-hmm. That's probably where I'll leave that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Draxy feels weird about her fanfic um, And we've had these You know, we've had these conversations You never make it real You're always characters with those names And it's it, It's kind of funny I'm thinking of a couple of examples Once um, I'm sure As you guys all Maybe some of you remember Some of you don't There's this weird It was called Chill After Dark Do you remember that? Um, yeah. And I never really read it Because I don't really like Real person thing But it was with Chris and his real boyfriend And there's a lot oh. of fix there and and <laughs> don't be sorry whatever it's whatever and um you know there was the, the thing that kind of shut it down was that there was a fic that came on there that was a little too real in that they mm-hmm. really tried to encapture what these people were like and uh-huh. people kind of like backed off of this because they yeah. you know people had made Chris and his boyfriend and Darren and XYZ people, they were fictionalized characters. Mm -hmm. Likewise, if you watch the new reboot of 90210, it is all of the the actors coming back to do the reboot. Again, they are so fictionalized, they don't even work like real people. I mean, I'm sure these 90210 actors are pretty screwed up anyway, but um, you can even tell these are fictionalized characters. uh, Just to the point where it's, it's satirical or it's parody or it's you know you are working with as if it's a a, you're a fictionalized you know because you want to do something with these characters quote-unquote fictional we can draw lines about ethics all you know since they are real people up and down whatever um Mm -hmm. but when you make it a real thing and you try to be like okay this is what this person is really like then there's that line that you've crossed and um Yeah. Um, and she also notes something that I've said, especially even about this, as I 
because I feel like I've just been horribly, horribly critical this whole way. As fanfic is an okay thing. We aren't saving the world, but we are expressing ourselves, which is important. And that is important. And that is why I'm not... Like, this is not me going, wow, I got to the end of this, and this is a terrible, horrible thing, and Rainjoy just wrote a piece of crap. Like, no. Rainjoy wrote a very, very real, very personal story to her, and that is okay. And everything that mm-hmm. she's done within this fic is is fine, because it's a reflection of her artwork and who she was and how she interprets the story and tells the story through this superhero medium, and that's fine. So, mm-hmm. yes. Agreed. Um, Draxy wrestling, how things are more real than fiction will ever allow it to be. And that's an interesting thing, too. It's like once you have, I have to wonder, unless it's in for satirical or comedic purposes, probably. Once you have met a person, like I've met Bethany at this point, I would feel mm-hmm. super weird writing a fanfiction about her and her girlfriend because that would just be really super awkward and weird and like you're real and you're there and you know it's one thing to now that i put you in an awkward place it's (laughs) one thing to be like hey i'm gonna fantasize about these rich people and they're pretty people and they're attractive and maybe you know this is fun if they were in this little and it's another thing and in any endeavor you know it's when you put the thing in front of you and you're confronted with it it's always going to be kind of an eye-opening thing Mm mm-hmm so, but interestingly, um, she gets, you know, is told to get back into her writing and write what's real for you. And that's therapeutic. And I do think that is fair and real and a good point that Ranger is making that these things, you know, sometimes you mean like, what if you write poetry and it is the worst poetry you've ever written and it's terrible, it's horrible, but it expressed and it helped you through whatever like thing that you were fighting through. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. have to be whatever you write and whatever art you express is for you. Ultimately, it is no other. It's it is not there to be judged by other people. It is there right. for a way to express yourself. Absolutely. So, oh, we're getting more out of this than I thought we would. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, so yeah, uh, Kurt's scrolling through the blog and this is like beginning of detective Kurt cause he starts to go kind of crazy. Um, yeah. he calls the smut smuff, which is funny. Um, he tries to understand the mind of a blogger or of a super fan, I, which is funny cause I'm like, it's not like it's that not understandable. I think everybody, it's really not. It's everybody gets just passionate about something. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and thinks about Defying Gravity, which, you know, she always throws these things in there. And once upon a time when he wanted out himself. Um, he tries to find out more about Draxy and looks into the others, finds about Black Bindings is British. And how he would love to go to England, which is a criticism. I don't think, was it a Kurt thing? Oh, uh, yeah, he has like, um, the in, I think it stands with somebody. He has the um, the British flag, and then he talks about um, uh, in choke. I think Rachel is like the only things we're allowed to talk about it is, is if Curtin, Kate, and William are like he's obsessed with royals. Yeah. Okay, I mean, and then there's the Pippa. Me- I mean, the Kate Middleton, eat your heart Kate, out, Kate Middleton. It's right. so sense from the- Chris. It's the- Chris is. Yeah. 
It's very nineteenth in line from the royal crown. Um, <laughs> whatever he used to say about it. Um, right. Can't see, um, but I just rolled my eyes very fondly. <laughs> Diet Coke and nineteenth from the crown. Okay. Right. Um, and then Blaine comes home and they share a moment. And for a second, the world seems perfect. And then a dialogue-only discussion of the wire and Blaine's semi-jealousy of somebody else that has ridiculous eyebrows. And I'm sure if I watched the show, it would mean more to me, but I don't, so. Okay. That's where we're at. All right, chapter 26. We finally made it to chapter 26. <sighs> okay, so we open with, um, I think this is the like little bit of like when Blaine thinks about when he got the key to Kurt's apartment and it's mm-hmm. symbolic in the way that a ring would be symbolic mm-hmm. uh, sure <laughs> oh please expand your thoughts I've been talking too much <laughs> I mean it's you know I don't get it I don't understand it I, it's, a, it's a key like yes but it's the key to Kurt's heart and his world is it is it <laughs> You know what this reminds me of? This is so horrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. Do you remember um, when the promotion stills for Promisaurus came out and Chris was wearing that, like, non-tuxedo? Yes. He had that necklace, and somebody was, like, on Twitter was like, is that a ring on that necklace? And Chris replied, and all he said was, it's a key. I don't know why that cracked me. I laughed for 20 minutes. Oh, my God. I didn't I realize Chris was still replying to people that late. He <laughs> was. I literally said, dude, could you not have just placated them and told them it was a ring? Like, no. It was just, no, of course he's not going to. But Chris it never just, did. <laughs> I laughed for, like, 20 minutes. Because I could literally hear him just go, it's, it's a, a ring. Or it's a <laughs> It's a key. I will never forget the favorite Chris thing he did was actually at the end of the series. And when Hurt Locker came out, there was a still of him and he re- somebody had put in the word really like because it was some reaction to Jigsaw. And so Chris found it. He thought it was hilarious. And then at the end of the series, there's a still with Cart and Blaine and Rachel's in the middle when Rachel's really pregnant. And somebody uh-huh. took like cut out Chris from the photo, put Kurt's head on Rachel, and Chris just responded with that still. It's like really, <laughs> <laughs> like this is why Chris is done with the show because this is ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, that is why. Oh. That's the thing that with social media, like there is a reason there's that fourth wall, <laughs> and, and it like, just I'm for both protection of both sides, though. I mean, yeah. I've often wondered, like, what would have been different if Twitter hadn't been a thing for this show? If the actors would have been able to have that more of that wall? I don't think things would have been different. Yeah, I think Chris wouldn't have been so pissed off all the time. Um, right. But I, I don't know. I think he, you know what? There's another podcast in, in this, or discussion that if you get me drunk enough, maybe I will go on a tangent about Chris <laughs> and my feelings about what he feels about everything. But now is Ooh. not really the time to do it. Note to self. Go to where Pam is. Fly her with alcohol. Don't get it recorded. <laughs> and go to town. <laughs> I don't, do you guys really care? Tell me. If, if you really care and you're listening to this about how what I feel about what Chris feels about things, 
then tell us and then I maybe we'll talk about it. But for now, it just doesn't need to be said. Okay. For now, it's just for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even telling you. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, you're not going to tell me when we stop recording? That's not fair. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we'll find out. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure you already know everything I feel, but I will go back to it if you want me to. Um, anyway, <laughs> I may have to cut that whole part out. <laughs> no, it's funny. You just leave okay. It. All right. <laughs> Blaine's commentary on Kurt being the most rested and complete that he's ever been. And also, Kurt, okay, so first of all, let's do that, which is good. Kurt needed sleep. He just, I feel like this is the first time Kurt is Kurt in this story. Like the real mm-hmm. Kurt, who's kind of more so merged with the ghost. Mm-hmm. And he's energetic and he's happy. I mean, even though he's stir crazy and legit crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, he's not a little Lulu. <laughs> um, he's he's more energetic And also commentary on Rachel and Kurt's friendship It's a very dramatic dynamic um, mm. Because they're always yelling at each other Which is fine I, I don't have as much issues With the yelly stuff Because I grew up in a household that was Based in a lot of yelling But not in a Same. Not in a Abusive way It really was not You just have to trust me when I say that Some families and I, I some people don't get this at all are are just a little bit more aggressive about well, the way they I, are and i also think it comes from having a big family like sometimes in a big family you have to yell to be heard and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about yelling at someone as it's just like yelling because you're communicating like my my mom yelled at us all the time and it was just like oh whatever she's just yelling like it's not that big of a deal <laughs> we weren't afraid of her it no. was like, you know what Gilly. I mean? And do I wish she hadn't? Sure. And if have I if I ever had kids, I would probably not treat like raise them like that. But that's I don't think that it was a bad thing either. It's a yeah. weird gray area for me. It really is me too because it because my parents were yelly, but not I never would have called them abusive at all. So no, mine neither. Nope. Me okay. Yeah. Well. Anyway, um, so uh, inside Kurt's room of madness, he's trying to piece together the incidents connecting the newly made superheroes as if he were a detective. It is kind of funny. This whole sequence is like, Kurt, what is going on? Um, I know. Is- <laughs> you feel like you should, his pee should be bottled in the corner and he's just in his underwear. <laughs> and he's doing, I mean, this is the montage part where he, he's like Sherlock. And you know, uh-huh. it's just like, oh, I figured this out. It's hilarious. Kurt spotted the dumping patterns of people making supers and failing. Plain tell him he's more thorough than a serial killer. <laughs> 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 oh man. Anyway, Kurt gives Blaine a lecture about laziness and how long it always trips people up. Not that Blaine's lazy, that people are lazy, and that it trips people up and questions Blaine about leaving his costume. Oh, well, okay, and it's also Blaine. But questioning um leaving his Oh, God, this questions Blaine about leaving the costume under his bed. And Blaine recounts that after the incident, he was too tired and then overly emotional connected to it. And then there's a beat where Kurt doesn't want Blaine to hold on to the negative mementos. And and that's it's not fair, I don't think, because Kurt thinks that Blaine is holding on to this bloody costume as a way to punish himself. Mm-hmm. And Blaine's like, I was freaking tired and I forgot about it. <laughs> like, right. It's not, it's, I don't, I, I think that Rain Joe is trying to make some, something heavier. And I just, I don't, even within the story, I'm like, no, he was freaking tired. Um, right. 
Blaine thinks about Kurt's scars and how Kurt can't let that go. I'm so tired of the same issue beaten into us. We get it. <laughs> um, that's what my notes said. Rachel's <laughs> upset because her professor is annoyed that her work and Rachel needs to find something that really works. She and Blaine get over get into it over superheroes again, which Kurt doesn't really want to be a part of, which I don't blame him. And she gets the idea that she wants to do things from another angle. Dun, 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 plots. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I said that these were going to be more plot heavy, and they're really not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the first thing of plot. But, but yeah, Kurt being Mr. Detective and explaining how he knows how all of this is going down is really kind of funny, actually. It um, reminds me of that, um, the Always Sunny gift where he's like got the the wall. Yes. And he's like, listen, here's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> like, clue. This is what yeah. happened. Um, all right. So fandom, two men- members write a letter to fandom. They're going to hold a real vigil in New York City since it's been so long since the ghost has been around. They want everyone to come together for it and detail how it'll work and how they want everyone to be safe coming to it. They also mentioned how they can help out fellow, fellow man if they can't make it to the vigil. There are other things you can do, which is very sweet, very nice. I don't think fandom will ever be that organized, can you imagine? Right. Um, but it's very sweet. It's very nice. It's also a very giant plot point because somebody needs to be out of the way for the rest of the plot to work. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I'm, and this is totally not even in a, like, this is a bad thing. No, it's just fine. Like, it's a, it's, it makes total sense as to why she did what she wrote. Um, okay, so, now, the only thing I don't understand is why Blaine didn't tell Kurt about it. Um... Or why he didn't take his phone. Blaine wakes up on Sunday morning and he misses the normal Sunday routine. Kurt's all antsy not doing the normal things. Kurt expresses that he wants him to start trying to have sex again, which Blaine is like, yeah, let's do that. Um, right. Because it's <laughs> been forever. It's been forever. And like, was he going to really say no? Um, right. So they have much needed and very slow. They have very slow sex in this. Do you notice that? Like a lot of their sex scenes are very like, determined and slow and and so this is the last sex scene we get of the of the the um fic because after this it's all it is literally all plot for the last five chapters so or last four or less however many Mm -hmm. more um so if they have their last emotional bonding moment and blaine does his best to block out the weird circumstances of Strange obsession on the other. Oh God! Oh, Can you imagine gosh. having sex and staring at like dead bodies and like pictures of like? <laughs> oh my God! I really can't. I have to say, although I also can't imagine having sex. In- <laughs> oh, whoa! Start. Sorry, start over again. You just cut oh, off. Play, like- sorry, I I had my AirPods were dying, so I had to put them back. I also can't imagine having sex and watching myself or staring at myself in costume either. So that's true. That was always so weird too. I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, some people do put mirrors over the bed. I, don't I guess I don't. Not me. This girl doesn't. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> there is. A, I do have kind of a funny story. So we once went to a hotel, and there was a mirror, and I made Jess put a blanket over it. <laughs> like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> These guys are adorable. Okay, um, so Blaine knows about the vigil. I don't know, like through all Kurt's obsession, I'm surprised he didn't stumble over it either. But maybe this is after Kurt got over his obsession of yeah. figuring. And he, by the way, I don't think we mentioned it, but he does come to the conclusion that Draxy will be fine. I don't remember what yeah. exactly prompts that, but um, 
Kurt's on his own most of the weekends, and Blaine's also tied up with his life, but he wants to just keep an eye on Kurt without worrying, or eye on the vigil without worrying Kurt, but Blaine knows how fandom works, and Kurt doesn't, so he, okay. What did I write? Sometimes I suck at writing. Um, Blaine just wants to go be, Blaine, okay, so this I think is fair. Blaine wants to be part of this vigil because as somebody who was a fan and as somebody who is now experiencing Kurt as somebody he almost lost, it feels important to him. And Kurt's not necessarily going to understand that. Um, And so Blaine wants to go out there and he does. And he's fascinated by all the people who love his boyfriend as much as he does. And I'll follow you into the dark and all this stuff. So he goes to the vigil. Um, now the idiot doesn't take his phone. I don't know. <laughs> right? Why? <laughs> like I get why. Because can't no, explain. It needs to be a plot point. It needs to be a plot point. Well, it has to be a plot point. But like literally, why? Well, this this is the weakest part of this whole thing. Yeah. Why does Blaine not have his phone on him? Anyway, um, I can understand him like turning it off, but at a timeline, I get it. Whatever. So Kurt is frustrated that he can't go out and talk to the people to help solve this because he's just becoming more and more obsessed with following this case of the dead supers. Um, And he feels guilty that more people are dying because he can't go out. And Rachel Rachel comes in and she has a scoop. She's like one of those like 1940s reporters. I've got a scoop. Right. Oh, my God. And Kurt freaks out because she's going to go right into the den of the mob where they've been dumping, like, right into the thing where they, the triangular point of where they're dumping all the failed experiments. And he tries to talk her out of going. I don't know, you know, like, literally, at this point, you, to save her life, I would have been like, just trust me, this is a bad place. This is where, you know, if somebody I know has run into this. But no, they get into an argument, and Kurt suggests Finn go out there. But Rachel says he'll screw things up for her. And then Kurt suggests Blaine. And Rachel gets indignant about needing a man, which is really funny. <laughs> I don't know why I find that really funny, but I do. And then um, Kurt suggests himself. And then Rachel's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes out anyway. And Kurt tries to call Blaine. But Blaine has left his phone at home. He's out of the vigil. For reasons none of us will ever understand. <sighs> Anyway, and so Kurt decides, even though he's not fully healed, to go out to find Rachel. And then we end the chapter on fandom at the night of the vigil. Draxy posts a fic called All the Other Ghosts, people. All the other ghosts. <laughs> and we've come full circle. We've come full circle. And I have a thought, but I will cut it. I want to cut it out, so I will say it afterwards. Um, and... Then there's reactions to the vigil and to the fic and everybody just being so accepting of how amazing and wonderful it is. It almost, I feel like if this was slightly better written, it would foreshadow Kurt's death. Yeah. Like in a, in a really dark twisted and I'm so sorry. I don't mean this in a bad way, better written story, Um, um, which is not a fanfic that's meant to have a happy ending. Um, this would be the part where you're like, crap, Kurt's going to die. Or at yeah. least give you the tension that he's going to die. Yeah. I mean, it kind of does, but anyway. Mm, so there I we go. We have just it. just a fear. We have it. It is chapter 26. We've done this. We've got one more podcast to go. How do you feel? I feel good. Feel good? I feel good. Mm-hmm. All right. So, guys, join us next week when we get 
to our last podcast of all the other ghosts. Which is Hi crazy. Guys. Oh, okay. Well, no, we can totally edit that out. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> so, um, if you're so, it's just so abrupt, like, bye, right, bye, <laughs> get out of here. Okay, um, yeah, we will be back. I'm out. We are, we are gonna wrap. I, I will just tell you guys right up, straight up here. We are gonna wrap up with um the next one. We're not after a lot of thinking. We're not gonna do gray. Um, I do have an idea. I just ran out of time mostly, but um, I do have an idea if we kind of want to do a book club about gray on mm-hmm. the discord. I think it might be a really fun fun idea that we're all talking and discussing yeah. in kind of a community way. Definitely. And that way, like, people can come and go. And if they miss a chapter, that's fine and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it might be a little bit more fun than listening to me talk for how many hours I've been doing this. Um, <laughs> it's really up to you guys. So let me know if you guys are wanting to do that, if you guys like that. Um, but, yeah, we're going to wrap up all the other ghosts and then call it a day on this fic. So... Until then, I hope you guys have an enjoyable rest of your Sunday. And as Bethany said, bye. Bye. Say